0: Today is Wednesday, February 10th, 2021. On this day in 2013, the Los Angeles Police Department posted a $1 million reward for information leading to the capture of Christopher Dorner. Dorner was an ex-cop who went on a shooting spree targeting his former colleagues. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Vanessa Richardson, and today I'm joined by our guest host, Lainey Hobbs of Crimes of Passion. Each week, her show delves into stories of true love and true crime. Lainey's here to discuss the search for Christopher Dorner, while I'll cover the narrative.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm thrilled to dive into such a harrowing tale.
0: Now let's go back to the morning of February 10th, 2013, just as the press conference began. As Los Angeles Mayor Antonio Villaraigosa stepped up to the podium, the crowd before him fell silent. He started by saying, we will not tolerate this reign of terror that has robbed us of the peace of mind that residents of Southern California deserve. We will not tolerate this murderer remaining at large." He was referring to Christopher Dorner, an ex-cop who had killed three of his former co-workers. Mayor Villaragosa announced that the city would be offering a million-dollar reward to anyone who could provide information on Dorner. At the time, the LAPD believed it was the largest reward ever posted, and naturally, it made headlines. In fact, the story dominated the news cycle for days. Newspapers recounted how Christopher Dorner joined the LAPD back in 2005. In 2007, he filed a complaint against his former training officer, Teresa Evans, for excessive use of force. Dorner claimed that after arresting a mentally ill man, Evans kicked the suspect in the head while he was on the ground in handcuffs. Teresa Evans denied the claim and turned it back on Dorner. She described Dorner as sloppy and ham-fisted. She recalled that he once accidentally shot himself in the hand. She also claimed he was perpetually angry, once wept in his patrol car, and once tried to arrest an armed suspect without backup. Evans went on to allege that Dorner filed the complaint shortly after she told him he needed to improve his police work. The optics weren't great, especially after police interviewed the staff at the hotel where the incident took place. Nobody could corroborate Dorner's claims. According to those they interviewed, Evans had made a respectable arrest. The LAPD dismissed the claims as unsubstantiated and fired Dorner for filing a false report in 2009. Dorner appealed the decision. Evans recalled that throughout the subsequent hearing, and especially after the verdict, he had stared at her fixedly. He didn't appear angry per se, but more like a man whose head was spinning. It frightened her. For the next six months, she carried her gun everywhere, even to the bathroom. She feared that eventually, Christopher Dorner would come for her. Five years later, at around 9 p.m. on February 3, 2013, police were called to a condo building in Irvine, California. A resident spotted two bodies slumped over inside their car in a parking garage. The victims, newly engaged Monica Kwan and Keith Lawrence, had been subject to 14 rounds of fire. Nothing had been taken from them or the vehicle. It was purely a hit job. Oddly, the two were murdered within earshot of hundreds of people, yet no one heard the gunfire. Police knew they were working with a professional. They were right. Chris Dorner was ex-Navy and a former officer of the law, Police later called him a trained assassin. Five hours after the discovery of the bodies, Dorner posted a manifesto on his Facebook page. It listed a lifetime of grievances and grudges, a cry for help from a man overwhelmed by rage. With that, the manhunt began. Coming up, we'll delve into the search for Christopher Dorner and the aftermath. Hi, it's Vanessa from Parcast. They say there's someone for everyone a soul to share your secrets with, a companion to grow old with, a conspirator to commit crimes with. Starting this February on Spotify, learn about the lethal and legendary lovers who fought the law in the Parcast limited series Criminal Couples. If you've ever referred to your best friend or beloved as your partner in crime, this exclusive series is for you. Beginning February 1st, join me for a collection of unlawful love stories from shows across the ParCast network. Discover the extreme beliefs of cult leaders Tony and Susan Alamo, enter Fred and Rose West's real life house of horrors, and experience the madness and motives of the San Francisco witch killers. Fall for the most famous and feared pairs in history in the Spotify original from podcast Criminal Couples. Enjoy two-part episodes every Monday starting February 1st. Follow Criminal Couples free and exclusively on Spotify. Now back to the story. On February 10th, 2013, the LAPD posted a $1 million reward for information leading to the capture of Christopher Dorner. After being fired from the police department five years earlier, Dorner went on a murderous rampage. My guest host Lainey will take us through the events that sealed his fate.
1: Thanks, Vanessa. On February 3rd, 2013, Christopher Dorner took the lives of Monica Kwan and Keith Lawrence, then posted a manifesto on Facebook. Around 10 a.m. the following morning, a San Diego mechanic noticed something odd in the parking lot near his auto body shop. There was a steel-plated ballistic vest, a police officer's uniform, ammunition cans, AR-15 magazine pouches, and a police officer's field notebook with Dorner's name scrawled across the front. The mechanic flagged down an officer who carefully transported the gear to the police station and marked it as evidence. Around the same time, Dorner's former partner, Teresa Evans, was reading about the murder of Monica Kwan and Keith Lawrence. Soon after, she received a call from her station, letting her know about the equipment found near the dumpster in San Diego that day. Slowly, things began to click. Evans felt sick as she called the station back and told them her working theory. Dorner was out for revenge against everyone involved in the appeal hearing following his dismissal from the LAPD, including his defense attorney, Randall Kwan. Sure enough, it was Kwan's daughter Monica who'd been killed on February 3rd. Dorner was out for blood by early Wednesday morning, around 60 hours after the shooting, a colleague sent LAPD Detective Hurtado a link to Dorner's Facebook page. The most recent post read, from Christopher Dorner, to America, subject, last resort. Dorner called the killings of Monica and Keith a necessary evil that would clear his name and force change within the LAPD, which he called racist he vowed to murder his former colleagues en masse. He threatened police officers and their families, sending widespread panic through the departments in both Los Angeles and Irvine. Authorities quickly identified 30 people in immediate need of protection. 200 cops were deployed, all aiming to get to their marks before Dorner could. But they couldn't be everywhere at once. On February 7th, a cabbie was sitting at a red light outside of Los Angeles, when he saw a patrol car riddled with bullets rolling into the intersection. Inside were officers Michael Crane and Andrew Takias. While Takias, who had been hit nine times, would ultimately survive the ambush shooting, his partner Crane wasn't so lucky and ultimately died from his wounds. Shortly after, the cabbie reportedly saw Christopher Dorner pass by in a gray truck He claimed to have recognized the man's face from the news. The murders of these police officers sent city officials into high gear. On February 10th, the million dollar reward was posted. And two days later, the call came in that Dorner's truck was spotted in Big Bear, a mountain town two hours outside of Los Angeles. A group of deputies hightailed it up the mountain, where they examined the area around the truck, Finally, they came upon footprints and tire tracks outside of a wood cabin, where, unbeknownst to them, Dorner was waiting. Prepared to go out in a blaze, Dorner unleashed fire on the officers who scattered to seek cover. One officer, Jeremiah McKay, was fatally wounded before having the chance to duck behind a parked vehicle. After a tense standoff, police set the cabin on fire in hopes of forcing Dorner outside. Instead, Trapped, he shot himself in the head, dying instantly while the cabin went up in flames. It was a troubling end to a terrifying week. Though LA police officers and their families were out of danger, not everyone felt like celebrating. Even today, the debate surrounding Dorner's motives, as well as LAPD's handling of racism and justice, rages on.
0: I'm Vanessa Richardson. Thanks again, Lainey, for joining me today.
1: Thanks for having me. You can find my podcast, Crimes of Passion, on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you love true crime as much as I do, you can check out my other
0: podcast, Serial Killers, on Spotify. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from ParCast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Kitovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Aaron Lan, with writing assistance by Terrell Wells, and fact-checking by Cheyenne Lopez. Today in True Crime stars Lainey Hobbs and Vanessa Richardson. Hi, it's Vanessa again. Before you go, don't forget to check out the new ParCast limited series Criminal Couples. From apocalyptic cult leaders to bank-robbing bandits to married mafiosos, these couples give new meaning to till death do us part. Enjoy two-part episodes every Monday starting February 1st. Follow Criminal Couples free and exclusively on Spotify.